The big banquets and the servants. Hallelujah. Banquets and the servants. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. Luke chapter number 14, verse 15 down to 24. Now, when one of those who sat at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who sits. Who eats bread in the kingdom of God? And he said to him, a certain man gave a great or a big supper, a big banquet, and invited many. And he sent his servants to, at supper time, to say to those who had been invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Then another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of this house being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, and the maimed, and the lame, and the blind. And the master said, and the servants said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. And the master said to his servants, Go out into the highways, hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Here ends the reading of his holy word. All right, so we are talking about the big banquet and the servants. Somebody say the big banquet. Or oh, say it like you mean it, the big banquet and the servants. Hallelujah. Now, the man decided to organize a big banquet. And how many know that a big banquet comes at a great cost? Hello? A big banquet comes at a great cost. He must have spent a lot of money putting this banquet together with the mind that the people will come to enjoy the banquet. How many know that when you put a big banquet together, you yourself, you probably don't eat much. Hello? You put a banquet of maybe, let's say, 300 or 400 guests. You spend how much on average? Maybe three, 4,000 pounds. And you yourself, you may not even eat 50 pounds worth of food. So it means that the, the banquet came at a great cost, at a great price. That was borne by the convener of the banquet and not by the invite, invited guests. Hallelujah. And um, come the time for the banquet, they all with one accord began to give excuses. Someone say excuse. Or say like me, say excuse. Or excuses. I always say that an excuse is a very nice way of saying that I won't do. How many agree with me? When somebody says, oh, I couldn't because of ABC. What they are saying is that I wasn't bothered. Because really, the truth of the matter is that if they really wanted to do it, they would have found a way. It's because they were not interested in doing it. So they are giving you the reasons why. They couldn't do it. Are you with me? I mean, if you go through the excuses these guys gave, you see that at best they are flimsy. At worst they are annoying. How many understand what I'm saying? At best they are flimsy. At worst they are annoying. But the man wanted his house to be full. Because he did not want his banquet to go to waste. If he had killed about five or six different cattle or whatever 
to prepare this banquet. He wanted the benefit of people coming to sit around and to enjoy them, the meal he had prepared. Amen. The practical application for us is that we are like the servants who have been uh, ushered by our master to go and bring people in. Amen. Because the master doesn't want his house or his uh, food to go to waste. Bible says in verse 17, and he said, he sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. Someone say, come for all things are now ready. I read somewhere in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, this same very word, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the message that the master has sent us, his servant, to go and deliver. He says, come. Go and tell them to come. My way is easier. You don't have to struggle for food. If you come here, you eat for free. If you come here, you'll be outside the elements. You can enjoy some warmth in this place. You don't have to stay outside in the cold. When you come here, things will be better. Come and take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is my yoke? My yoke is that you just be a partaker of my, my banquet. So go and tell them that the master says, come, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Out there, you have to struggle to find food to eat. Out there, you have to struggle to keep warm. Out there, you have to struggle to make even friends. But over here, you don't have to struggle. There's food for you to eat. Over here, you don't have to struggle to keep warm. There's heat around here for you to enjoy. Over here, life is easier than out there. So go and tell them. Really, what the master was saying is that go and be a witness of how life is here to them out there. So my message for, for, for tonight has very little with, to do with the people outside. Most of the time when we preach this particular uh, sermon or use this parable, this uh, message that Jesus preached, we zero our attention on the people. The people who gave the excuses. The people who didn't come. But today I want you to look at the servants. That's why I said the big banquet the great banquet, and the servants. Because how many will agree that the servants were some way? If you are a servant and your master has sent you to go and bring the invited guests because he doesn't want his house to be empty and you went and the person gave you an excuse. What would you naturally do? If you had the have, if you have the heart of the of the banquet giver or the master, what would you do? You wouldn't just oh, when I when they said that uh, uh, they won't come, they have bought uh, uh, five yoke of oxen, so they they are going to test them in in the night. What are you going to see? Going to test drive a car. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you don't have the heart of the banquet holder, it doesn't mind, it doesn't bother you whether they come or not. Or yours was, they said you should go, so you went. They, the people said they won't come, so you also came. You said they won't come. They say oxen in the night. You, if it was your banquet... And somebody said there's oxen in the night, they are going to drive it. Would you not say something about it? I've bought a piece of land in the night. I've bought a piece of land. So you didn't measure the land. You didn't go and see the land before you bought it. Who does that? Who buys a land before inspecting the land? 
who, who pays a rent to live in a house before they go and check the rooms out? Nobody does that. That's why I started by saying that excuses are a very nice way of saying, I won't do it. And the servants accepted this excuse because the servant didn't have the heart of the master. For most of us, we are like these servants. Say, me, I'm, I'm safe. By the grace of God, me, I am not in the cold. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. I drink them no more. There's a great change since I met God. Now that I have God in my heart, then to hell with everybody else. Before we judge these servants, let's look at our lives. We are very carefree when it has to do with other people. Well, they say we should invite, so I've invited. Will you come or you won't come? Oh, you won't come this Sunday, okay. You don't have the heart of the master. Hallelujah. You don't like my message. We've been talking about selfishness. Selfishness comes in all different shades and forms. When you don't think, you don't put yourself in somebody's shoes, it's also another form of selfishness. If you had taken your money, your 5,000 pounds, to organize a wedding and nobody showed up, you wouldn't be happy. So just that now it's not your money and it's not your wedding. So if they don't come, they don't come. After all, what do I stand to lose? Me, I'll eat what I can and I'll take the rest home at, for takeaway. <laughs> for the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for Friday, I'll get some. Even for next week, I can freeze something. I'll freeze it and have it, you know. The servants did not have the heart of the master. The master's heart was that my house must be full. The servants were neutral. They were not against the, the, the master having a banquet, but they were very passive, very placid. Whether they come or they don't come, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, when... They, the, they came back with the excuses and the master said, said go and bring anybody you see. They went half-heartedly and they invited a few people they saw on the street and invited and said, okay, you look nice. You, you, look, you, you look gentle. You are wearing glasses. You are wearing glasses. Come. You are wearing glasses. You are wearing glasses. You are wearing glasses. You don't have glasses. So, see, sometimes when we go to the city center, that's how we behave. When we see somebody with tattoos on their face and they, are, they have, uh, you know, the spiky, uh, punk type of hair with a spiky, you say, you don't look like somebody who has to be saved. Then you, you give to somebody that looks. On their way for salvation. When you see somebody who has piercings all over the place, say, you are going to hell. So, you go to this one. You, you, you will make it. You, you look like somebody who will make it come. You're already written off. So, we, the servant became selective in who, who they will give. After the first group of people had made excuses and you knew that the master was not pleased. And the master wanted more people. And he sent you back out there to go and bring people. You go and you're still selective. Still not gotten the heart of the master. 
we are talking about a great banquet, not a, a simple banquet. Hallelujah. The master has sent us in Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, and he said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Because the master is not willing that any should perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But he doesn't want any to perish. That's his house. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in uh, Revelation 22. Look, look for it on me, 22, 17. <clears throat> Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears Say, come, and let him who is a test or who is thirsty come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. He didn't say be selective. He said what? Whoever, whosoever believes will not perish. For God did not send his... Um, Son into the world to condemn it, but by that, that, that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. What he was looking for is whosoever. Hallelujah. Not selective. Today we are so selective. When you enter the church, even without seeing the pastor, you can tell the color of the pastor. Any church at all you care to take in, in this uh, modern Christ, uh, uh, latter day church, any, when you enter the church, before you see the pastor, you can guess correctly what the color of the pastor will be. Even where the pastor comes from. Because we become so selective, it stinks. If the pastor comes from uh, the Caribbeans, 80% of the congregation will be Caribbean. If the pastor is South American, 80% or 90% will be South American. But in this scripture, it says that whoever, whosoever, anyone who hears and comes is welcome. Anybody who is thirsty, come. Anyone who desires, come. You see, test has no color. How many know that our needs are the same? That's why this message I'm preaching will fit in any part of the world. Because every one of us, our needs are the same. Maybe you don't know. But I've preached in a few countries in the world. And I'm telling you, the only, other, the only continent I haven't preached in is Asia. But apart from Asia, I think I've covered every continent. As there, are, there are how many continents? Seven. I've preached in Oceania, Australia. I've preached in South America. I've preached in North America. I've preached in Africa. I've preached in Europe. Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only place I haven't preached in is Asia. But I'm telling that all these places, and there are a lot of countries that are preached in, all these places, the needs are the same. Whether they are black, they are brown, they are yellow, they are green, needs are all the same. So the message is not for people that look like you. For people who, who are at your age, your age category. No, every one of us have the same problems. Whosoever is thirsty, invite them. Whosoever wants to eat, invite them. So that this brings me 
to the point where we need to scrutinize the servants. My question, Crystal, help me with this question. Is it that the servants are wicked or are they selfish or are they indifferent or are they callous? What do you think? Crystal, you are my preaching or a combination of all. Which is which? A combination. So let's look at let's look at this servant. Let's look at this servant. Let's look at this servant. Are you ready? Luke 16. Verse 1. And he said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that his man or this man, his manager, was wasting his possessions. He called him and, and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the accounts of your management for you can no longer be my manager. The manager said to himself, what shall I do? My, since my master is taking my management away from me, I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. The man was working for the boss and complaints were brought to the boss about the guy. That this guy is dishonest. What, what did they say he had done? When they used dishonest, they said that he is not giving proper account of his stewardship. If you read the old uh, King James, he says that the steward was not giving proper account of his stewardship. Hallelujah. He was not, he, and then other versions said, says that he was wasteful, which means that the resources that had been entrusted in him, he wasted it. How many know that a wasteful person is a wicked person? A wasteful person is somebody who is selfish. Somebody who decides that I am full, but I won't give it to anybody. I will let it spoil and throw it away. That's a wicked person. Look at how many sermons you hear in a year. Look at how many times prayer is said for you in a year. You have more than enough prayers set for you. You have enough advice given to you all year around the clock. That you have more advice than you need. But you sit on the rest of the advice that you don't need. So that others will not get it and throw it in the bin. Before we start criticizing these guys. Let's look at ourselves. Every time God bless me, every time God kill my enemies, God has been killing all your enemies and blessing you and giving you everything. What have you done for with all the things He gives you? Are they still with their enemies still? <laughs> uh, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens, so I brought a whole bag full. So I, I have a, 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 an earpiece that anything I say, it says amen to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Whether I say amen or not, I'm cool. The earpiece is inside. And every sentence I, I say, I hear amen and I hear preach on. This is a good end of your message. Reverend, take your time preaching. The servant is wicked and wasteful. Look at how many, how many advice. How many would, would, would agree that there is some message you had, it made you change some things you were doing. It was, an, it was good advice. Some of you, you had something that has made you 
has given you more money than you, you would have got. You are managing your finances better now because you, you, you had something, a message. You are a better human being. You are a better husband. You are a better father. You are a better employer, employee. You are a better person now because of the messages you have heard. And how many will agree that if somebody like you heard what you are hearing, their lives will be better? But that wasteful guy says, One that, once I have it, that's all that matters. Everybody else can go to hell. So the Bible calls him the dishonest and wasteful servant. These are the messages Jesus preached. These messages, we don't hear them in church. Because this, this is a true, the true message of heaven. But we, pastors don't preach this message. Because they are very hard. But that's Jesus' sermon I'm preaching. We are all preaching more, more miracles, more blessings, more so that you waste it. But today I brought a big mirror for you to look at the mirror and to see yourself as you are passing by somebody who needs the word. And it doesn't occur to you that this person can benefit. All of us sitting in this room, there are at least five people that you can bring. I always say we have invitables, we have gettables, and we have bringables. How many bowls do we have? What are they? Invitables, gettables, and bringables. Let me show you who these are, these three are. The gettables are your friends that you can get when you invite. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, I, I'm always, it's like, oh, come, let's go and to the movie. Yeah, it's a gettable. You understand? What I'm you don't have to. The bringables, you don't ha- have to ask, they don't have options. You say, come, let's go. Do you understand? Like my wife is a, 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 a gettable, a gettable and a bringable. There are some things I have to, I have to negotiate. But there are some places when I'm going, I don't negotiate. I say we are going. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there are some places when we are going, it's not negotiable. It's like oh, I don't feel like going. No, we are going together because it's a Mr. and Mrs. business. So you, you have to. My children, to a large extent, is more like bringables. We are going. Now they are going, they are becoming a bit of gettables, but <laughs> at a certain age, they are more bringables. We are going. Then there are some people, it's not so easy to bring or get, so you invite. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So all of us, we have bringables. All of us, we have invitables. All of us, we have gettables. So ask yourself, how many of the bringables and the gettables do I have I brought? And that will tell you whether you're selfish or a wasteful servant or not. Because the invitables you invite, they decide whether they'll come or not. But as for the gettables and the bringables. Martina, you have a lot of bringables and getables, isn't it? Yeah. Have you brought them? So you are in the message fully. Hello? Nico, have you brought all your bringables and getables? That means we are wasting the message. We are wasting the blessings we are getting. We are wasting. The man says that, what shall I do now that the master is trying to take 
my stewardship away from me. Which means that the place that the uh, servant was in the first place was a privileged position. It's a privilege. It's not a right. Am I making sense? It's like his place was a place that of honor that had been given to him. If he loses that place, he has to start digging. If he loses that place, he has to go begging. Sometimes we forget that our, uh, our salvation and uh, Christianity and even sanity is a, a place of honor. We forget that the blessing we are enjoying is not a matter of rights. It's a privilege. Because others have not been saved like you. When I look at my, my family members, and I look at some of them, I know that where I am is a privilege. Because we came from the same stock. We came from the same family. We, did the, we had the same privileges growing up. What is the difference between me and them? But for grace. So it would be very selfish of me not to share the grace to others. Hallelujah. Amen. Today the spotlight is on the servants. <laughs> How many are getting uncomfortable as servants? Verse 4, go to verse 4. I have this plan on what to do. When I'm put out of stewardship and I'm put out of my privileged position, this is what I'll do so that they'll receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first one, how much do you owe my master? And he said, 100 measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And so he said, 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill, write 80. So the master commended the unjust dishonest, wasteful steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Amen. What he did was he quickly repented and decided to share his privileges with those outside. He knew that his place was shaky he was about to lose his job. So what he decided is that if I'm going to lose my job, I am going to share the privilege with you now. So that when I lose my job, you owe me. What I'm trying to say to you today is that for some of us, the people you are bringing in are your salvation. Because one day, you will need somebody to intercede for you. And they are the people who intercede for you. But if you don't bring them in and they don't enjoy the privileges you are enjoying, when the day comes when you need an intercessor, who will intercede for you? Amen. My pastor who led me to Christ when I was 10, 10 12 years old, today, when I go to where he is and I sit with him, I counsel him. Do you understand what I'm saying? I counsel him. I pray with him. He led me to Christ. I was a very young boy. 
He was an older man then. Many years later, I sit with him and we talk as if we are talking as brothers and I give him counsel. I bless him. I said, you know, oh, this, let's do it this way. Change the church. Do it the church this way. Do it this way. Let's change this place. Let's put, I think I have an idea. When I go back, I'll get something here. I'll get something here so that we put it here. I'll put it there. At the point I told him, okay, take, if we take the ceiling, I'll take the floor. If you take the floor, I'll take the ceiling. If he had not spent that time and that care and that love for somebody like me, that blessing that will come through me, he wouldn't get it. He was talking about chairs. I said, don't worry about it. I'll take all the chairs. I said to him that I'll supply all the chairs for the church. Don't worry about the chairs. See, I'm thinking, I said, don't worry about it. I'll, so, I'll sort it out. You don't know the person you are going to get out there and the blessing they will be for you in time to come. You don't know. You think you are doing somebody a favor, but you are not. Now that your job is in jeopardy, the same debtors that you have been mean to are the same people you are going to for help. Now you are changing figures from 100 to 80, from 100 to 50. Why didn't you do that before? Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But because of selfishness and wastefulness, the house sits empty and idle. There's a passage in Proverbs. I went to the house of the slothful man. And was filled with tessels and weeds. Look for that scripture for me. Have you found a scripture? Oh, quickly. My... 2430, Proverbs 2430. I went to the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there was, there it was, all overgrown with thorns and its surface was covered with nestles. The stone wall was broken down. And I saw it. When I saw it, I considered it well. And I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the arms. To rest. And so your poverty shall come like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. Now, I went by the field of lazy Christians, lazy servants. And what I saw was empty church buildings, empty pews. I saw a, a building full of empty chairs. They are now closing the, the, the size of the, of the building. They are partitioning the building to make it smaller so that it can accommodate smaller people, smaller groups of people. Spacing out the chairs. So that we won't feel too bad. And I received instruction that a little selfishness, a little laziness, a little, I don't care. Somebody else will do it. Oh, leave it, Eugene, and, uh, and uh, people will go and do it. As for me, I, 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 will, I won't do this. A little bit of selfishness here and there. And so the, the chairs become empty. 
Hallelujah. That is why we say the country is a Christian nation, but the fastest religion, growing religion in that country is not Christian. Because there's a little folding of arms to look at others. Am I talking to servants? Oh, I'm getting a lot of MS in my ear. <laughs> it's unfortunate the MS are not coming to your ears, but they are coming to my ears. Matthew 24, 45. We are still looking at the servants. Today I'm on the servants case. Matthew 24, 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the, his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Hmm. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master has delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants, eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour that he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in the place where they are weeping. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. There are too many selfish and wicked servants in the world today. Too many selfish and wicked Christians. When he said to his disciples, go into the world and make disciples of me, that included you and I. And that was because he was our master or he is our master and we are his servants. And when a servant, when a master gives a command as a servant, you obey. We should obey. Because he has bought us with a price. We belong to him and we are not of ourselves. Can you imagine I've employed you, Joe? I've employed you. I pay your salary. Every month, before the, the, the month ends, your salary is in your account. And I say, all I want you to do, Joe, is to come here. And then when you come, I want you to, what job? You should bring flowers to Pastor Gloria's office. That's all your job. So you go out, you get flowers, you come in and you place flowers there. And then you come today and you start chatting with Peter. And then Peter says, oh, I'm going to play football. They say, ah, let's go and play. Then you go and play football. And as you are playing football, you say, oh, that's I don't mind it. Says, I don't know any human being who's like, what do flowers do for you? Leave her alone. Let you continue. You continue Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, next week, the following week. I've paid you. And then all I need from you, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Just make sure there are flowers. That's all. Just make sure that there are people. To benefit from the benevolence that you are benefiting. And say, no. Let me follow Peter to go and play football. I didn't employ Peter. You are the one I employed. And I employed you because I needed a service. And I thought you were the only one who can. See, if, if it weren't you I employed, I could have employed Michael. Who would have done the job? I could have employed Sally, who probably would have done a better job. 
But by just by sheer grace, I decided to employ you. What is my crime? Is my crime saving you? Is my crime choosing you? Is my crime setting you free? Look at your brothers who are strung out on alcohol. They wake up in the morning drunk. In the afternoon drunk. They've been drinking since they were 12. But somehow I delivered you from drinking. I delivered you from all those type of things. And I brought you to a place like this. To sit in privilege. And all I need is you go cut flowers. It's not even go and buy flowers. Not with your own money. Just cut flowers and come and put in an office for my wife. That's all. You don't like the message. See, this is this message will give you more money than the breakthrough message. Did you hear what I said? One thing about my church, one thing about my church, I've been doing this for more than 20 years. I can tell you that if you stay in my church, you become prosperous, you become rich. Yeah, 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 you become rich. And I never would... Preach, I don't preach about riches. Hardly would you hear me talking about you you become prosperous and no, no, no. but I preach riches through this. You stay, you start doing what I'm saying and watch. You you'll be surprised. When you see my, the guys who have sat in my church, you see them, you see what I'm saying. See them, they're all broke, simple guys. Didn't know their left from right. They stayed in the church for a while and they had and did. Today, when you see them, it's a different thing. Pastor <laughs> Sam is also preaching his own message. <laughs> <laughs> But who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has set over his household to give them food at the proper time? The reason why the master has called you to be where you are is because he wants you to give food to others. A phone call to others after church. Turn around and talk to somebody who has just come to the church. Encourage them. Become the cement that cements them into the church. Stop being selfish. Befriend somebody. Listen, this country is very lonely. This town is a very lonely place if you don't have any friend. How many know that? This country is very lonely. And so what somebody needs from you is a hello. I want to be your friend. Call them. How are you? I'm checking up on you. That's all. That's all. I just thought about you. So I called to check up on you. That's all. Who is then that faithful servant who makes sure there's enough food, enough happiness, enough friendship, enough unity, enough prayer, enough everything so that when people come, they don't feel isolated. When people come, they don't feel they don't belong. Listen, 15 minutes after the grace is shared. Peter, I don't, want you to, I don't want to see you talking to Nicholas. It is a mistake. Nicholas will be here two hours after the grace is shared. The first 15 minutes after the grace is to talk to strangers, people you, are, you don't know, people you have seen like once or twice, you haven't really befriended. That is where your first 15 minutes your servanthood is needed. Don't come and talk to me. I'm not going anywhere. 
I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here till 5 p.m. When services finish, service finishes at 12.30, I'll be here till 5 p.m. So why are you rushing to come and talk to me? And you rushing to come and talk to me means I cannot talk to somebody who has just come. Ah, pastor, 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 pastor. Do hey, hey, you know what? I had a dream. <laughs> I saw a dwarf chasing me. Oh. But you forgot that you were watching Aki and Papa that was chasing somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I'm hearing hey, my ear. Hey. But I'm looking at your bomb like a bomber. <laughs> Listen, everybody within your circle needs to hear something that you are hearing that is making you sane, it's making you a proper human being, it's changing the way you think. You know, Sunday, Seth said something in the office. He was saying to the guys who were in the office at the time that when he, anytime there's service on, he, he lives in Ghana now, he puts the, what do you call it, life. YouTube or Facebook, he cries. He said Wednesdays he used to run across the field when he finishes lectures to come and listen to the sermons that were preached, were being preached. There are others who will not come and prevent others from coming. They live across the road. Wasteful. Wasteful unfaithful, wicked steward. Preach on, pastor, preach on! One day, you may not have the privilege to sit here and listen to me. That's when you realize that you are receiving gold and you didn't know it. But don't wait till that day. Don't wait till where you are weeping and gnashing your teeth, sitting with the hypocrites to remember that you were in a privileged position and you didn't use it right. Stand to your feet.